You're listening to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We are back again and we're at episode 140. And today I'm interviewing an amazing student of mine, Amy Marcham from Something for Cake, talking about stepping up as the CEO in your business. So let's dive in. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. I'm your host, Suze Chadwick, founder, author, speaker, and bold branding and business coach. Right here on this podcast, you'll learn how to create an epic brand, profitable business, get marketing savvy, and we'll help you find the confidence to step up as the CEO to scale and grow. Ready? Let's go. Hello, amazing, amazing, wonderful person. It's so good to be back. I am going to be honest with you. I had to do my intro a couple of times because I'm a little bit rusty. This is like the first podcast that I'm recording back from leave. So I am so excited to be back behind the mic for 2021. Welcome to a new year if you're listening to this in real time. Uh, This is going live on the 14th of January 2021. And yeah, I'm like three days, three days in. And can I just tell you something if you've been following me on Instagram, which you should be doing already at Suze Chadwick, then you'll know that I'm slightly obsessed with the new social platform Clubhouse. It has been out for a little while, uh, but I just got onto it and I am obsessed, people. I'm so obsessed. So What is Clubhouse? This is not an episode about Clubhouse, by the way, but I just thought I'd give you a little intro. It's an audio social platform where you can jump into a room and chat in real time with people just over audio. And it's amazing. And I love it. And as a speaker, I'm absolutely like just basking in it because I get to talk to people and hear their voices. And so for me, I'm like, it's kind of like, when I do an interview with somebody and you get to listen in, but you can, you could actually jump in and ask us questions as well. That's what it would be like, or that is what it is like. So if you're on Clubhouse, follow me at Suze Chadwick. I'm going to be doing a regular show on there as well, because you know, obviously a podcast is not enough, but I am excited to have you here. And I really, fingers crossed, this year is going to be a good one. You know, something I'm not even like hoping it's going to be great. I'm just hoping it's going to be good (laughs) and I'm not going to be in lockdown for eight to nine months. But anyway, today I'm talking with Amy Marcham from Something for Cake. As I shared in the intro, Amy is a Brand Builders Academy student of mine. She's amazing. I've loved this chat and I have watched her grow over the last year or so and do some big things and go after the things that she really wants. And I said to her a while ago, I really want to have you on the podcast. So this is our interview today. But listen, before we do dive in, I just want to let you know that the doors to Brand Builders Academy are opening at the end of January. So 25th of January, doors to Brand Builders Academy open. We kick off eight weeks of live coaching on the 8th of February. So make sure you head to suzechadwick.com forward slash BBA to get on the wait list and find out as soon as doors open. I'm super excited to be going through this live round. We have an incredible group of women who are already in the course who will most likely be going through it again because you can go through it as many times as you like. And we've got some incredible coaches and masterclass presenters as well. So if you're looking to take your business to the next level and 
have the strategy, structure and systems to be able to grow and build a profitable business without the burnout, then this is for you. So head to suzechadwick.com forward slash BBA and I cannot wait to see you there. But listen, without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. Amy, welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. My pleasure, my pleasure. I I am like trying not to laugh. So for those of you who are listening, Amy and I have just been talking for the last 10 minutes or so and she's been telling me all the amazing things she's been doing. I'm like, stop talking, we have to record this. And I feel like I do that with so many of my guests. But listen, for those of my listeners who don't know you, can you just tell us a bit about who you are and a bit about your business as well? Of course. Um, so my name is Amy and I own and operate Something for Cake. We're a boutique cake decorating supply shop that I operate out of Sydney. Um, We also have an online store and we pretty much provide all of our customers with modern baking supplies um, all around Australia. So, yeah. Love it. And so how long have you had the business for? This is, I've just celebrated my 10th birthday, um, which is a massive milestone. And yeah, it's been um, a big ride. Yeah, that's (laughs) incredible. And so what were you doing before you started Something for Cake? So I was actually, I did a um, Bachelor of Hospitality and Business Management at uni. um, And then I worked out pretty quickly that that is not what I wanted to do. So I was working in hospitality and then I just wanted to make a break from it. So I was managing like cafes and a couple of different cafes on the Northern Beaches. And then I realized I just, it wasn't really what I wanted to do. Um, and then, so I just did a quick change and moved into retail for a little while, um, where I was merchandising and managing, um, quite randomly, um, Manchester department at Harvey Norman. (laughs) Uh, needless to say, I was kind of like, nope, this is not what I want to do either. Um, but the thing behind all of it is I've always wanted to do something for myself. I wasn't sure what it was. Um, initially I thought it was a restaurant and I was like, no, that's not what I want. Um, but I've always been super creative. And so I was bored, obviously in my Harvey Norman job. And I started a night college course, um, for cake decorating and learned how to decorate cakes. I was like, why not? Let's just do that as a side, you know, little fun hobby for me. Um, and then just fell in love with it. And I met my business partner at that course and, um, we started selling cakes. So for a few years I was running a cake business where I was selling cakes. Um, and then she was like, you know what, there's no supplies. There's no supplies around the Northern beaches. Um, I think we should, you know, open up a supply shop. And I was like, no, and so when okay. you say supplies, what, yeah. like, what sort of stuff is that for those of, for those of us not in Don't the cake right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's pretty much everything you need to create a decorated cake. So down to the cake board, you're going to put the cake on to fondant, icing, food colors, piping tips, cutters. Like it's not just limited to cakes, it's cookies, it's cupcakes, it's anything really baked treats, you know, sprinkles, decorations. Like I could go on and on and on. (laughs) What else have I got? Let me reel off the 1000 products I have. Pretty much. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, So yeah, pretty much everything we would want and look for, we couldn't find. Um, So we could go to the other side of Sydney. We could, um, we could, there were a few online shops, Mm. but not very many. Um, And so we were like, it was a little bit of convincing from her in the beginning, only because I thought friends in business, I don't want to lose this amazing friendship I have. 
you know, everyone's like, don't do friends and business. It could be, you know, a little bit risky, but then. And so were the two of you doing the cake business or you were just separately though? Oh, okay. So we were selling cakes on our own. So we were just like decorating cakes and selling those in our own businesses. Um, And then, yeah, we just kind of, I was like, okay, stuff it. Maybe it is a great idea. Let's do it. Let's give it a go. What have I got to lose? Um, so were so, you still doing the cakes, like baking yep, the cakes and, and working okay. full time? Yeah. So we were juggling, I was juggling three things at that time, um, just to see how it went. So, so obviously, you were still at Harvey Norman? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. For the first, probably it wasn't until the second year that I was able to leave Harvey's, like maybe halfway through the second year, yeah. um, we were like, oh, this is really starting to take on, you know, it's like on its own and I'm, I need to give full-time attention to it. And then we thought, okay, I think we can pay ourselves a small salary at that point. Um, so yeah, just, we just jumped and we just kind of went with it. So, but in the beginning we started really small. So we thought we didn't really have much startup capital. So we're like, we'll start online and then we can start with a small range of supplies. We did it in her garage. Yeah. So we had our little racks in her garage. And, um, you know, every time we had more sales come in, we could go, oh, maybe we can invest in this, you know, product range now. And we'd carry really limited supplies of each one and worked out what would sell well. And then we just, yeah, kept reinvesting back into the business. Amazing. Um, and so how long were you in the garage for before you graduated <laughs> to the shop? We actually grew really quickly. So we, we didn't go to the shop straight away. We kept it online only and we went to a um, like 120 square meter warehouse. Okay. Um, and by the second year of business, we were doing like multi six figures and we were like, awesome. Like, I think this actually, you know, could really be something. Um, and yeah, it was. I love that. You're at multi six figures and then you're thinking <laughs> this could, maybe people are interested. <laughs> Do you think? Do you think though, Amy? Okay, great. And so, uh, and so when you were doing that, how do you think you grew so fast? Was it because there didn't seem to be a lot around and you were, it was sort yeah. of like you were one of the only ones or I think did you do something different or special? I think in the beginning, the supplies online was quite limited. So I reckon when we first started, we're like, hey, we're going to build a website. You obviously take a look around at the market and see who's there, who's popping up when you look in Google. And there was probably a really small handful of supply shops and there was nothing that was directly in our area, first of all. So we thought we can offer a pickup service where our local customers can come to us and collect things from us. Um, So I think the local the local community was really excited by it. Um, And we also did a little bit of marketing where we would do these kind of workshops where they could come and watch a demonstration. We take our supplies along and just get the local community kind of involved in, yeah, our business at that stage. But also our website, I think it was on trend in terms of like, it was cute. It was like where it was 10 years ago is completely different to where it is now. But I think it was something new and attractive to cake decorators. We had a really good range of supplies. We were really, um, we started even um, distributing products that were exclusive to us from overseas. So we were constantly searching for things that were quite interesting um, to decorators that wanted stuff that maybe was just moving with the trends. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then we, I think, um, so that actually, no, that didn't happen to the shop. I was going to say we started making things, which really added to our um, range that we offered that was unique to us. So I think that really helped as well. But in the very beginning, I think it was 
um, there were limited supplies. And I think it really just, we found a good hole and niche in the market. Um, Yeah, there were lots of like, you know, like we'd go to these little kind of like um, fairs and it was very, very traditional, very old school, very, and that was adorable, but people wanted different things, you know? And I think it was time, yeah, that, for us where we were able to get in and actually offer things that were different to the traditional decorating items. So I think that really helped as well. Yeah. Great. And so how, and so what happened then? So the two of you were in the warehouse for how long? We were, we did the warehouse for four years, but in 2013, um, we had a major setback. Our website was hacked and it was, it basically was like our business was switched off. Oh, my so gosh. So the way they hacked it basically made our IP address obsolete. So only 50% of the people could get on our website and it took probably two to three months for our web developers to work out what was going on. Um, this was our second web build as well because the first one, it creating an online shop 10 years ago is very different to what yeah. it is now. Now you've got the security of having Shopify, Squarespace, like all these really great companies that offer you security. Um, So back 10 years ago, you're trusting that your web developers, first of all, know what they're doing. And secondly, you trust them to keep the data that's on your website Mm. safe and secure. Um, So what happened? So basically um, they eventually worked out it was the IP address, so they changed the IP address. But by that stage... We had already, we'd just come off the back of our Christmas. So Christmas is obviously one of the busiest times of the year for us. We had obviously paid for stock based on the level of turnover we had. And we had all these bills piling up. So it was like this really, it was the start of a really hard cycle. So we couldn't pay our bills. Then when little money came in, we'd try and pay the bills, but it stopped us from being able to expand and grow with the market. Mm. So it just got worse and worse and worse. And at the same time, I had my first son, um, and he was like premature. <laughs> yeah. So I was like at the hospital three times a day feeding. I'd come back to work a week after having him. Yeah. And I was at work. I'd go to hospital. I'd go back to work. I'd go to hospital and come back to work. It was a very, very, very hard time. Um, and we just treaded water for the next probably two years in the warehouse, just trying to get it back to where it was. And then during that time, cake decorating took on a whole new level and there were probably now 30 competitors online and if you you can't keep up and compete with what everyone else is offering they're going to go you know to those other places also if your website's not performing well and that's your only stream of income you're just yeah you're basically almost done yeah and so that hack and the two and three months where you were down yeah are you saying it took two years to recover or there were other factors in there no it was really it stopped the whole business because we were online only and the the part that stopped us from getting back on our feet is we didn't have the capital to reinvest into like I was saying the new ranges and keeping up with the stock levels we needed to and so if people come to your website and they go oh I want that 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 and that but oh it's not in stock the two minutes to jump onto someone else's website you know and just buy it from someone who has what they need at that time um yeah and I always say when people are shopping they are in a decision making phase in that moment and I do it all the time like if I go and I want something and it's not available somewhere I'll just go somewhere else yeah so I'll always go to the places that I 
no love and trust, like the places that I would normally shop from. Yep. But if I need something now, yeah, and if it's not available, I will go elsewhere, which I think especially is, in yes. an e-commerce yes environment. You know, like it's it's you know when you're buying something that's five dollars, you're not going to go, oh, I don't know, like I'm going to sit on that for five months and then oh, I can afford it now. You know, so there are lots of little bits that you're buying at our shop. It's not like huge ticket items either, so it's not a big decision. Yeah, really. Um, yeah. So, so what did you do during that two years? Oh, cried. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was really, really hard. We tried lots of different ways of, um, creating product that would interest people, but at the same time, just not having money just really stuffed us, which is why we decided we need to give it a shot and go and open a retail shop, yeah. um, to add that other avenue um, mm. for people to come and connect with us. And the thing about cake decorating, it, it is tactile. People like yeah. to touch. They like to feel. They like to ask questions because, like you were saying, what is this? Like, what do you sell? What do you, you know, how do I do it? So um, the shop gave us that avenue where people were able to come in, ask our advice. You know, we can point them in the right direction and build a really nice community, to be honest. That side of it has been epic and without my on my in-store community um yeah I just don't think it would be the same I don't know they're amazing my regulars my locals um it just they just make such a difference to my business and during COVID I kind of was like you know because when you've got an online store and a retail store and you're trying to service your online store and then you've got retail customers as well it can be a little bit difficult because you get spread quite thin so mm-hmm. i did look at thinking you know maybe we go back to online only but yeah no nah, i just yeah you going back the community go no i can't yeah, i just yeah. i really love it i've yeah. built the best friendships and relationships with people that come into the shop and you know even people that when they're not regulars and they come in, they, they will come in every year for their kid's birthday and they will come mm-hmm. to me and they'll show me what they did last year and they can't wait to tackle that next project. And yeah, yeah there's something really rewarding about that. I really That's love so it. Good. Yeah. And so that was 2013. And so did you open the shop in 2015? Yeah. So I've had the retail shop for five years. Yeah. So that yeah. was 2015. No, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Around then. Around Around then. Because I'm like, I've done the shop on my own for four years. And so Lydia left, I, yeah, four years ago. And she was here. She, she was here for one or two years. I can't remember if it was one or two, but yeah. And so what happened with the partnership? So even though we moved to the retail shop and it kind of did, it did, we did see an increase in sales. It still wasn't really enough to sustain two full-time incomes. Okay. And I, I wasn't ready at that time. I kind of had my second son and I wasn't ready to jump into a new career, nor did I want to. I really, my gut just told me something about this is not over. And I just, yeah, I just really felt like I could give it one last crack. Um, and Lydia wanted to go and earn a full-time income, get back into corporate. She loves corporate. Um, and yeah, so she was ready for that. Whereas I don't like corporate. I really love what I do. I love working for myself. What you put in is what you get out. I just love being in control of that, Um, even though it's, like, intense and you never (laughs) really disconnect from it. Like you say, if you love what you do, you don't feel like you're working. So for me on a Sunday to work feels, yeah, I don't don't know. It doesn't feel like work. But, yeah. yeah. And Um, so how how was that transition? So was that, did you find that an easy transition 
No, no. <laughs> it okay. was like a break. It was like a bit of a breakup as yeah. well because but it we was were, all amicable because you both wanted. Totally, we both yeah, wanted this, it. Yeah, I just felt this really big sense of loss because mm. it was like I'm now doing it on my own, and you have that that doubt, that little voice in your head. Can you yeah. do it on your own? Um, but yeah, it was the best decision we both made, and I have not looked back since. It Amazing. honestly. And so, it, did you have anybody else helping you at that time, or like? Yes. How- So I've had Sally in the business with me now for five years. I call her my ultimate wingman. I honestly, she is, yeah, she's the bomb. I could not do it without her. She has watched me go through some like pretty big emotional roller coasters. Um, But yeah, we're both now kind of seeing the reward of what we've been putting in. And yeah, it just feels, it feels amazing. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. I keep myself. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And so the so you're now a solo business owner. Yeah. You've got Sally in the shop. So yep. what was the next step for you from there? Um, so I really realized actually it was a big probably I did that for probably two years. Um, diversifying our range, really going back to what are my customers asking me for? What do I need to bring to the table to find my point of difference the big shift for me was introducing our laser cutter into the machine into the business because I'm in control of what I design what ranges I want to create and it also means I'm the only one that has it so it's it's a really nice point of difference also focusing on the fact that when you come into my shop 90% of the time you're also dealing with a business owner yeah. so really focusing on the fact that you're dealing with someone who really genuinely cares Um, and I will give you as much help as I possibly can. And I want you to succeed and have a really good time. So I think the combination of the way that customers feel when they come into our shop, um, and providing them with the right product, um, has really, really helped. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, customer is like, that's what we want. Like, that's what people want. You know, if I, if I have something special for my kids, birthday cake, I want it to be their name and their favorite character or whatever Uh else it is. So I think that that custom element is just, yeah. And also even just creating product ranges that are unique to me. So at the moment, cookies have gone really nuts this year. So I think it's because you can gift them. So yes. we've got a lot of clients who are cookie businesses who are, who are able to create things that people can send to their friends and family. And, you know, we created a range even for isolation that were like happy ISO birthday, you know, like we could tailor <laughs> things to make a bit of fun, you know, yeah. but I can pretty much shift if I decide to have an idea, I don't have to wait for a product to come on the market. Yeah. I can create it. So 40% of what we sell now, I create myself. So that has been, yeah, a massive shift, which also ultimately cuts out some of the distributors, which also means profit-wise, it has expanded my profit margin. So that has really helped. Obviously, it takes more time, but then once you've set all these um, ranges in place, yeah, I've been able to make more profit out of what we're selling, which also really benefited the business. Um, But then obviously 2019, I was like, I'm still kind of just like in it, you know, I'm just kind of winging it, just in it, you know, no real plan. And then I, um, one of my customers is actually a member of Lifestyle Celebrations, um, Quincy Lane. Yeah. So she, she comes in here and we're having a chat and she's like, have you heard of Suze Chadwick? And I was like, who is this lady? <laughs> she's like, she's amazing. You should get on her podcast. I listened to her. At, so she went to the conference that you spoke at mm. and she was like, she's like amazing. You should check her out. 
and I was like flipping through some like oh, bless her. thank you <laughs> <laughs> thanks Karen yeah. um and so and I don't think I know that story actually I didn't know oh, where, no, you heard, yeah. where you would heard yeah 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 um and so I um was flipping through your podcast episodes and the one that was like treat your um well become the CEO of your business yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and I was literally sitting there going oh my god she's talking to me I'm like <laughs> I don't do that I'm like I need to do that I need to do that and it was the week before you were launching BBA and I literally just jumped in I was like this is what my business needs Amazing. um I need yeah to actually step back and look at the business as something more than just a side hobby that I love because it's not you know no I mean you, what were you you were like seven years or something yeah eight years yeah. in business and I was like yeah my husband was like okay so like you know you're on your own now we've got to give it a crack you either got to all in and do this otherwise we've got to work it out because it does take away from your family from everything yes. there's a lot of time that goes in and to be okay with not earning a decent income it's just not okay you got to get to the point where you realize that yeah, you can't keep working with no reward because there's no point. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting, isn't it? Because we do go through phases. It's like when you first start a business, you're just so excited to be in business yeah, and you can't yeah. believe it. I have you're like, business. I will work for free. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, like I totally get it. I yeah. always say that when I first started my business, I had money coming in, but yeah. I wasn't paying myself and I was just spending it because I just wasn't managing it well. Yeah. Um, and I was just like you know, but I just love it so much. And then you yeah, do get it doesn't to matter. I love it. I'll just keep going. <laughs> yeah. You do get to a point where you're like, okay, I've really got to sort this out. Yeah. But, um, yeah. and so, and so before you joined BBA, yeah. how were you running the business? Like what, I guess, what were you doing? Was it just sort of like you would see what you wanted to invest in and then see if you had the cash and do that? And Pretty how, much. like, how were you paying yourself and stuff, stuff like that? Um, I was still not really paying myself. So when I say I wasn't, it was like, oh, here you go, Amy, it's $200 this week. <laughs> Well done you. Um, yeah. So I was pretty much still trying to reinvest everything back into stock and really build my range and what I can offer. Um, and then obviously I took that leap with the machine. So the machine itself cost $15,000. Um, so it's not something that I, yeah, it was a big decision at that time when you don't have that much cash flow, mm. you know, like you're just juggling your rent and all that sort of stuff. Um, I didn't really have financial goals. It's weird. You'd think after seven years that you would really sit down and look at what is it that I want from this? You know, how do I get there? Yeah. Um, who do I need to come shop with me? Like there are all these really big questions about, I think, working out who I'm supposed to be serving. You know, I was sort of just trying to serve everyone mm. and then you end up serving no one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, so yeah, it was, um, there was no, there was no real plans. I mean, I still obviously knew the right, how to run the e-commerce yeah. site. You know, there's a lot that I did learn over the years and how to run a website and the back end of it. And, you know, I can pretty much, we built another website during that time that was with Shopify and I still am with Shopify because I feel like the big guys are on top of the security and I've been really scarred by that. And I don't have any question with that whatsoever. Um, so yeah, I was building new website. Um, so everything was just going back into it, back into it and not into me. But then I realized after joining BBA that I am part of what needs to be given back to, you 100%, know, like and you know it, like, you know it, but you just don't do it. And then, 
yeah, I think shifting, yeah, BBA really shifted my whole mindset on earning money, especially in a niche creative industry. I told myself probably the three years, well, for years, oh, you can't make money in a niche creative industry. It's too hard. It doesn't work. It really, and then even yeah. though, even though when you started, you were making I was. six figures. Yeah, I know. And but then after that, I was like, oh, it's the industry's fault. You know, like I got this really bad, oh, it's too hard. Cake decorating is so niche. You know, how could I possibly make money when there's all these people doing it now? You and know? so, what was like, how's the profit margin on, like you said, now that you're doing your own design yeah. and cuts and stuff, obviously the profit margin's better. But yes. with the, all the other stuff that you had in the shop, was how was the profit margin there? So, profit margin, it really, I think also the difference between having the online and the retail. So, we had to look at the profit margins because really you're, you're running at uh, 40 to 50% GP. Um, but when you have a retail Which shop. Which means what? For those of my listeners, what's GP? Oh, gross profit. Yes. Okay. So the, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so you're always looking at marking up your product by 100%. Um, and then, but when you're an online store, you're competing with all these other shops that mm. are trying to outprice you. So then all of a sudden you look at some of those prices and you're like, oh, I'm only making 30 to 40%. Mm. When you've got a retail shop as well, that is just not high enough. It's just not enough. So I really revised all of our pricing to make sure that we were minimum 50 on all of that stuff. Um, and then, so the, obviously when you factor in the products we sell that I don't make and the products that I make now, the overall GP is up now at 65%. Amazing. So, so we've good. had a really good increase, but still fair. We are not unaffordable. We are just pricing ourselves fairly. And the way that I look at it is people are coming to me because I have the solution for them and I have the advice that I can give them, um, especially in store. We give invaluable advice in yeah. store and we have hundreds of customers tell us that they couldn't do it without yeah. the time that we've given them in the shop. So it's worth paying what they pay for it. It's not... I'm not outpricing myself from the market. I'm not, I'm just not the cheapest warehouse that you can just go and get a million supplies. I've really curated a range of products that I believe are going to f- serve my customers the best. Yeah, but you know something, I'll always pay more for brand experience. Totally. And if I've got a relationship with somebody and I get great advice from them and they make exceptional products, yeah. like it's just, I'm not just paying. And this is the thing I always talk about. I'm not just paying for the widget. I'm paying for everything that goes with that. And I said to somebody recently, I bought a product and the product was good, but the experience was bad and I will not go back to that. So even though the product was fine and it did what it was supposed to do, it was hard to buy and my experience wasn't great. And you don't get that joy. No, it's hard work. Yeah, it's meant to be really fun, you know, like you know, especially with what I'm doing, it's a, it's like, yeah. we're not saving the world. We're making cake, you know? <laughs> so it's supposed to be fun and joyful. Yeah. And I think that's also another lesson that I've learned is just learning that I can't serve, like I said before, I can't yeah. serve everyone and working out who I'm selling to has made me realize that it's okay if a few people don't like what I have, because it just means that I'm not the right fit for them. And also if they want to go and pay less for the widget and they, they don't can. care about all the other stuff that you provide as well, yeah. then, yeah, like you said, they're not for you. So once you joined BBA, what changed? Like what were the things that you implemented and how did that impact your business? I think 
the biggest thing if and if you do BBA your workout is this thing and called before the, you go on yeah just for those of my <laughs> listeners who we're just like BBA and BBA. GK and all the rest of it which is Brand Builders Academy yes. which is my signature course so yes continue um so one of the big things that we try in mind for ourselves is you call our neon sign yes. um which essentially is the essence of what it is that we are doing for our customers mm -hmm. and so starting at that point was really being able to sit down first of all work out who am I selling to who's my ideal client what do I want them to feel when they shop with me and what is it that my products do for them when they buy with me I'd never really sat down and thought about what like from their side of things yeah. So I really sat down and mapped out like, you know, my brand identity, you know, like what do I want to be for people? Um, and when I finally had that moment where I sat down, I was like, because I found it difficult because I've got two groups of customers. So I've got my mums, sisters, daughter, you know, all the lovely women who come in and they want to make cakes for their family and their friends who don't really do it as a hobby or a business but then I've got my commercial clients who do it as a business so I'm servicing two very different people I was like how do I have one message that fits all of them and then when I finally came to that point where I was like well it doesn't matter who they are they walk away with this confidence to create what they've come in to do and I literally was like oh my god like I found it. I found my call neon message. I was like, it was the best feeling ever. And then that for me now guides me. It's mm -hmm. like when I'm looking at things in the business and I'm thinking, do I want to do this? Do I want to add that service? Do I want to, you know, put that product in? Does it fit with that mm. overall essence of who I want to be? Um, so yeah. good. It just, just makes me so happy. <laughs> It it's is like, because you know something, it's like, I feel like the ideal client thing has just been done to death by so many people. And when you talk about the fact that when we look at neon sign, it is the essence, it's yeah. the heart and soul of your business. Yeah. Really your calling, like what it is that you're here to deliver to your customers. Um, and you want, and I want you to feel like that about it. Yeah. I want you to like love it so much and know that moment that you landed on it. Yeah. Like where you're just like, oh my God. God I was it. so excited. And I literally made a sign. I got on I my know. laser cutter. I made a sign. I was just like, this is it, you know, and it just, it clicked. And then everything from there, you know, sitting down and, um, like outlining what my goals are and my financial goals, um, looking at, you know, obviously we've already talked about looking at my pricing, making sure that all of my overheads are factored in. Um, I now put aside like you do, you know, you put your tax aside. <laughs> it's just like, you know what, just shifting the mindset of a hobby mindset. I was still running a business, but it was a hobby mindset. So my whole mindset shifted and I just was able to really look at it like a business mm -hmm. and work out what I needed to implement to turn it into that business that actually keeps me in business. So I don't have to go and work for someone or do something I don't love to do. Mm, um, so good. And I'm just, yeah, I just, I couldn't be, I felt a little bit, I find it hard this, at, this year because I've watched so many of my customers who are in the events industry and they have had the roughest year. Mm. So I have been quietly enjoying what's going on this year for myself, but I don't really want to, I don't know. I feel a bit 
yeah, it doesn't feel right to just kind of scream at the top of my lungs like I've done it, but they haven't seen that I've put 10 years of really, really hard yakker in, you know, I've given up a lot. So yeah, this year's been a bit weird, you know, um yeah and I mean we're recording this in 2020 which is obviously COVID period yeah. and I mean it's been so interesting because I have spoken to so many businesses yeah. where they've some of them have had their biggest financial year yeah. and others have just been barely able to stay in business yeah I just think that you know something it's I think it's fine for you to own the success that you've had because of the work that you've done prior to now to get your business to where it is and yeah. also like it's just I mean, it was just not luck, but it's like, you know, who knew what was going to happen and who was going to be affected and how that would sort of pan out. So what have you seen this year for yourself? Like what what happened with the business and the shop and everything? So initially it was pretty bad because when we first got all those notifications that were like that first New South Wales, I have to say we've been pretty lucky. Like you're in Melbourne and that's been that's been pretty rough watching you guys go through what you've gone through. Um, We did have that initial lockdown in the beginning where it was very restricted. So I did shut the retail front. The first two weeks, I literally went, so when I locked that door, I went out to the back of my shop and I cried because I really felt so sad that all my hard work, I was starting to build some momentum and I was starting to see some really positive results from what I've been putting in. And I was like, I'm done. Like, you know, this could be what ends me because the celebrating industry is like, there's just no celebrating, like weddings done, like just everything was done. Um, So I freaked out quite a lot um, and cried and had my little sad moment. But then I just was like, no, like COVID is not going to stop me from doing what I have a full functioning online store that I can still operate. And my online business, um, everyone just shifted they started shopping online. They were doing craft projects. So we started releasing some boxes of craft things like cupcake kits that kids could do. We changed the size of toppers we did so that they would fit smaller celebration cakes. We did the ISO range. We kind of tried to shift with what the market was looking for. Um, As I said before, the cookie businesses just went nuts. So people just wanted to send things, gifting. And so I was like, oh, oh no, I'm going to have to get Sally back. Like, cause I had to step Sally down because I didn't have any work at that time. And I was like, Sally, I need you. Like, I think we're on, like, this is, you know, I think it's going to be okay. And so I was able to get Sally back in the shop and we still traded online for another month. Um, and then we felt kind of safe enough to reopen the shop and do limited people in the shop. Um, but, but you yeah. also spoke to your landlord as well about rent I and did. stuff, didn't yes. you? Yes. Yeah. So he was amazing. He gave, he was able to offer me 50% rent. Um, which just blew my mind because the first month of COVID, I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't, like how am I going to afford rent? The other thing that has helped a lot of our small businesses around here is the government did step in, which um, if you're paying GST, you were getting a lot of assistance for the first, I think we did what was like like two quarters, we got a lot of help with finance, or three quarters was it, maybe three. Um, But yeah, we were given a lot of financial help. So I knew that I had a little safety net and that, you know, that's going to get us through. Even if I don't make lots of sales, that's going to get me through. So I'm not going to fall apart. Um, But I think the biggest shift in me offering products that were tailored to what people were after, and that comes down to me being able to design and create what I sell. So we do this thing called a reverse cookie stamp, (laughs) which um, 
essentially instead of like putting an imprint in, it makes it look like the writing's been hand piped, um, which I essentially was like one of the first to do it. And I, we just ran with it and it just went gangbusters. And Amazing. my machine's on like 10 hours a day pumping out everyone's stamps, essentially. Wow. It's like, yeah, and it feels amazing to have people really respond to something that you've designed and yeah. you've created, um, knowing that they love that. So, yeah, it's um, definitely helped the business just take on a whole new meaning this year. Um, and online versus in store now has, so online is now about 50% and 50 in store. Whereas before COVID, it was 30 in store and 70, I mean, sorry, 30 online and 70 in store. Awesome. Yes. There's so been a good. big shift in the way people, they're kind of like, oh, I'm happy to shop online now. Yes. It changed. Yeah. yeah. It kind of changed the way people shop. And like forced people to shop online and then they realized that it was actually really easy for them to and do fun. that. So. Yeah. <laughs> and you can still have a good experience. You're like, yeah. I find, you know, like I've got 10 yeah. windows open on my computer at any one time looking at different little businesses. Yeah. Um, the other thing we did as well is really focus on sourcing Aussie made. Mm. So we, um, oh gosh, so there's about 500 products now that we source that are all Aussie made from our colours to our, we've got like a guy in South Australia does 3D printing of his cookie cutters. We have um, cake drips, cake mixes, fondant, like buttercream, all this stuff um, from awesome Aussie manufacturers. And then that also meant that supply was easy because you were picking things that were manufactured here because what's happened with a lot of our other products is getting supplies is really hard because it stopped, you know, like getting things, I mean, so a lot of things are made in China. That's just, yeah. you know, we don't have a huge manufacturing industry for a lot of things. So yeah. getting supplies from our distributors, they were just struggling to get things from overseas. Um, so it was just so great to know that I had such a big percentage of product that was Aussie made. Um, and I think it made a lot of people kind of focus on that as well. They yeah. did kind of get on board with trying to shop local, um, yeah. you know, when you can. Obviously, you can't do everything. It's not realistic. But if you have that choice where you've got two products that are pretty much the same, but one's made in Australia, and it's not necessarily more expensive. Everyone has this idea that if it's made here, it's going to be really expensive, but it's actually not the case. So good. Um, awesome. And so the and so just to finish up as well is yeah. so when we were chatting before we kind of got on, you were just saying to me that, you know, as far as I guess the financial health of your business now yeah. and your savings and the way that you're paying fat yourself. bank account that we like to refer to. <laughs> the fat Inside banker. joke. I love it. I love it. I do talk about it actually yeah. on my money mindset. <laughs> my money journey um episode as well uh and so you know now like where's that at so for the first time in 10 years I am going to be going into my January month without the fear of can I pay rent yeah I have money in the bank that is there for a rainy day I if I have a bad month I'm still going to be okay I every month was that fear you know of when's the money coming in am I going to be okay? I don't have that fear, which also allows me the opportunity to be a little bit bolder in making the decisions for the business. So I don't have that same fear behind me. So I'm looking at even things like I'm going to buy a second laser cutter next year so that we can up our manufacturing and um, actually increase our wholesale range to other party supplies and cake decorating supply shops. So I maybe, if I didn't have that buffer, I wouldn't have necessarily the financial confidence to do that. So it's just 
yeah, it's changed my world, Amazing. really. And it's, are you paying um, yourself well now? Yes. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>! <laughs> I've still got room to grow, of course, yeah. but I actually get my paycheck. And I also, it sounds silly, but I always felt like I wasn't, what I was doing was not as important as my husband because he was generating the income for the family. And it's not the case. And he never really, he doesn't say that to me or made me feel like that. But I now have that feeling that my paycheck comes in the week and I'm really genuinely contributing to my household and my future. Um, and and it's, such, it's such an important feeling to have as well. So and I think, important. like you said, that mindset shift of this is not just a side business or a side hustle or a hobby. Like this, like I want to step up as a CEO. I want to be, you know, financially aware of what's going on. I want to be in control of that. And I also yeah. want to have a buffer and I want to have a salary and I want to contribute to my home and I want to be able to make reinvestment decisions. And I think that it's only when you really start to own that and understand it and manage it that you can do that. Like no more crying in the hallway of the shop going, oh God, I can't pay my post bill. (laughs) You know, I I can't, it's just so freeing. And it doesn't mean that I'm complacent because I still have in the back of my head, you know, what if, what if COVID really did help, but then our habits shift again. So I'm like, okay, what could shift? What do I need to, you know, just making sure I stay on top of what people more, well, my customers, Mm. what do they need from me so that I can really stay on top of, yeah, having the right products and the right service. So they continue to want to come back to me, just evolving and Mm. shifting um, and making sure that for a lack of a better word, pivot. (laughs) When I need to. Yeah. And I think, you know, having, making the decision to have that space to think about it and kind of, like you said, step back and say, okay, like, where are we? Where are we going? What do we need to do? And not just being on that sort of hamster hamster on a wheel. wheel. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) How you say that. (laughs) Hamster wheel all the time. I think it's it's weird because we also kind of, we feel like if we're busy, and we're running around like crazy, then we're successful. And really, it's like the lot, like maybe two weeks ago, I said to Sally, Oh, uh, this week I feel in control. And then I, I had this weird feeling of, Oh, maybe that means the business is not doing well. And it's like, Why must I associate organized chaos yes. <laughs> with success? Yeah. You know, it's actually a good place to be in where I have a clear head to be able to make the right decisions. Um, yeah, instead of just being in this constant mode of chaos. Um, yeah, so, it. yeah, it's definitely, yeah, been a massive mindset shift for me. So good. And I love it. I mean, I love when you post. I remember um, after you joined BBA a while, like, you know, it had been maybe a couple of months and you, yep. you did a post where you did a story where you were lying on the floor <laughs> and you were like the biggest financial day in the shop in like yeah. six years or something yeah. like that. <laughs> And I just love that you share all of that. It's so good. And because, I think that yeah. it's just, you know, that's that's what when I did BBA and when I started Brand Builders Academy, that's what I really wanted. I'm like, I want you to have those joys and those successes and to not be in that chaos all the time and to yeah. really kind of, you know, be running a business that works for you because we all start a business to have this life that we want to have. Oh yeah, we'll have a business so we can have children and be really easy. You know, I don't have to, you know, you have this idea, yeah, that you're going to have this business so that you can stay home with your babies. Um, but in fact, it actually takes you away from your children a lot. So you really have to make sure that you're getting what you need from it financially. 
Um, yeah, yeah, because you do give up, you know, a little bit and finding that balance, I think, it'll be something in a small business that you constantly struggle with. And I don't think there's any such thing as perfect balance. I think sometimes your business needs more, sometimes your family needs more and you just kind of juggle it that way. I don't think you can, you know, oh, I've done my work day and I'm going to go home and make sure Cooper does all his, you know, spelling words. And then I, I've ticked everything off the list every day. I don't think that's a realistic notion, but no, I think. But I think that's what we love as well. We love yeah, that. Just, like sometimes it's all chilled and relaxed and everything's working well. And other times it is busy and hectic and that's yeah. just. Ebb and flow. Yeah. yeah it's just. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. Amy, I love hearing your story and I love that BBA has helped you to create some financial freedom and security in your business as well. And, ha- and also a lovely community because it can be quite lonely as a solo entrepreneur because you know as I said when I lost my business partner so just being able to jump on there and just share your little wins or ask the questions or have other like-minded women in business doing the same thing trying to kick you know their own goals in business I just love seeing their stories and connecting and yeah I think it's it's been the best thing for my business for sure Oh, yay. Awesome. So, Amy, for those of my listeners, um, where can they find you? Where can they go and get all of their cake All their cake stuff. <laughs> so we have a website, which is somethingforcake.com.au. You can also follow me on Instagram, which is the same. So it's somethingforcake. Um, I'm always in my DMs on Instagram. If you're up late decorating, I'm probably up late looking at things. So and you need to, ha- you know, had a question, hit me up. But um, yeah, I definitely choose to hang on Instagram the most. We do have a Facebook page as well, um, but I spend most of my time yeah, on Instagram. I think I have the most fun with my community there. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll have all of your links in the show notes, but thanks so much for being on Thank the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's I love that awesome. you found me on the podcast and now you're here. I feel like it's a bit of a full circle. I know. And like I, I was saying to Suze before I jumped on, I had this little tiny business goal in my head, just thinking, I wonder if one day, one day I could be on the podcast, you know, and someone would be interested in my story. So you've made my little small business dreams come true today. Uh, amazing. Yeah. Well, thanks, Amy. You're welcome. Have a lovely day. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview. I love chatting with Amy. I did mean to say that you can actually go to the website and go to suzechadwick.com forward slash pod 140 and the video is on there of the interview. I am in my sweats and it's nothing glamorous, but if you want to check out the video of me and Amy having that chat, then you can as well. And obviously all the show notes and all of Amy's details will be on the show notes page as well. But I just... Oh, I just love my baby A ladies. I love that they go after big things and do the things they really want to do. And I love that they've got money in the bank and they're, they're being profitable and they understand how to run a business like a business because that is what it's all about. So I hope you enjoyed that. I sure did. And uh, make sure you go say hi to Amy, check her out. And also connect with her too because she's awesome. But that's it for another week. As I did say, if you want to check out Brand Builders Academy, the doors are opening on the 25th of January uh, and we kick things off on the 8th of February. Head to suzechadwick.com forward slash BBA for Brand Builders Academy. 
Well, that's it for another week. It has been amazing to have you here as always. And remember to follow me on all socials at Suze Chadwick. But thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then I would love you to leave a review so that others can find the podcast and come and hang out with us every week. The music to this podcast was created by Ixon on SoundCloud. Until next time, have an awesome week and make sure you keep playing big and branding bold.